You're listening to PNN, KEXU, Portland of Revolutionary Radio on 96.1 FM LP on the dial streaming live online at www.poremagazine.org slash radio. This is KEXU 96.1 FM, Pole People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And uh, we have a good show today. I'm going to be um, joined with a special guest, D, um, and she'll be joining us in a minute. Um, let me first give a little bit of news from Aslan Press, and um, I just want to say, first of all, it's important to uh, recognize that today marks the 53rd anniversary of the founding of the Black Panther Party here in Oakland, uh, Khalifa Aslan. And, um, and so this is a special day, uh, you know, uh, when, um, you know, um, people came together in this community and organized such a, you know, a politically um, inspiring organization that went on to inspire all of the other resistance groups within these false U.S. borders, um, you know, and they were the ones that inspired the American Indian Movement. They inspired the Brown Berets. They inspired the Young Lords Party. Um, they inspired so many of these other groups to um, organize in their own communities. And so Black Panther Party is, you know, always going to be remembered as um, the most politically advanced um, organization within these false U.S. borders to date. And so there hasn't been an organization that has surpassed what the Black Panther Party did and the legacy they, they left behind. And so that being said, I want to move on to some more news. And uh, recently a, a good article came out in uh, vice.com and and this is um, had to do with uh, military recruitment and um, specifically uh, the U.S. Army and um, it talked about how the U.S. Army met its recruitment goals this year by targeting students in debt so you know what they're doing is they're going around looking at the students who owe money 
and um and they're targeting this population this group of people so that's um kind of sickening you know to you know it's it's you know it's it's um you know for um you know anybody to target such a group that is um of course um struggling and um desperate uh and to you know use that uh in order to lure them into the military is just it's it's just they've sunk into you know i didn't even think they could sink lower than what they what they have so that's just a shame that they've gone to that that length but you know that's what they're doing so um you know and that's something that you know the chicano moratorium addressed uh so many years ago uh this year marked the 49th anniversary of the Chicano Moratorium. Uh, next year is going to be the 50th anniversary. And, um, you know, I, I, I was invited recently uh, from some comrades in, um, in Los Angeles to um, go down to Los Angeles uh, for the Chicano Moratorium next year on the 50th anniversary. So that's what I'll be doing uh, as well. So... That's something that I'll be doing, um, and I'm I'm happy to go down there and speak. There's a lot of comrades over there, uh, and 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 it's gonna be beautiful to uh, spend the 50th, which is a very important year, um, where it happened, you know, where it first began in East LA. So it, it's something to look forward to. But you know, um, another thing I want to say is, you know, I want to mention. Of course, I can't go throughout the show without mentioning. Julian Castro, Julian, you know, we, we want to make sure that, you know, um, we understand that um, Julian, you know, is not going to be um, anything, um, you know, he's going to basically be the Obama for the Chicano nation, you know, he's not going to do nothing for the Chicano people, our conditions ain't going to change, we're still going to be, you know, um, in prisons on death rows and you know, um, in our conditions, shot dead in the street. I mean, all of these things that are going to happen that's been happening will continue to happen under his watch. So, you know, we don't want to get pulled into this, um, you know, um, with this false hope that uh, Julian's going to uh, somehow um, do something for, you know, our community. Um, and, and, you know, he'll do stuff leading up to it, just like Obama did, and to give people false hope that, oh, yeah, you know, when he gets in, he's going to do this, things are going to change, and nothing changes, and nothing's going to change. So we have to get rid of this um, thinking um, that these um, saviors in Washington, D.C. are going to uh, take us out of this oppressive existence that we are struggling in. So that's just something, you know, I couldn't I couldn't move forward in this show without mentioning Julian. That's very important. So let me just say um, I'm going to move on now to my guest. And I have an important guest, D. You know, D is a Chicana activist um, who, you know, she has a loved one in, in prison and um, who's going through, you know, all of the stuff that I've been talking about with the gladiator fights. And this is something that is an attack on our people. This is a, uh, a deliberate attack on Aslan and the Chicano Nation. And, um, you know, and it's not getting the attention that it should be. But, you know, this is a, a human gladiators. It's like dog fights, but they're doing it with human beings. So we need to um, make sure that we understand that you know when our people are attacked that 
we there are going to be um you know elements of our nation that are going to stand up and struggle and resist this so this is um what's going on people are mobilizing and i'm struggling against it so let me just uh, welcome d onto free aslan and d um are you there d Well, Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, I can hear you perfectly now. Okay. Um, well, thank you uh, and welcome to Free Aslan. Thank you and thank you for having me. Thank you so much um, for allowing us to speak on this, allowing the family members to talk about our stories. Oh, wonderful. I mean, your story is my story and the stories that you speak of speaks uh, on behalf of all prisoners, um, no matter where they're at. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, there's a thing just because what they're doing, you know, I just want to point out before we get into the interview that, you know, and, and by the way, I've, I've recognized that your work, um, and you do good work and you're doing things in the community that are very, um, you know, they're, they're very inspiring and, um, you know, I, um, you know, that you, you are being a leader in the community, uh, on this struggle and this is a campaign and, and I before we get into the interview I just wanted to and I know there's other people other factors involved um, other um, organizers and stuff but I just wanted to uh, be sure you know and you probably didn't know I was going to do this but I wanted to be sure and thank you personally on the air uh, for your work and your contributions in this struggle. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I thank the families as well for standing standing behind and, you know, being a part of everything. Absolutely. And and, and the families are probably, you know, that's what led to the, um, you know, the releasing everybody from the shoe with the solitary confinement um, struggle as well. So, yeah, the families are definitely a backbone right. in this in any struggle um, when it comes to prisons. And beyond, you know, but let me get to the first question. Um, my first question to you, D, is, um, you know, and, and these questions are, I'll just put it into context. These are in regards to the gladiator fights that are occurring in the prisons and the stuff that is um, occurring, what they're doing. Um, and they're basically um, making prisoners fight each other until they're maimed, until they're hurt, until, you know, somebody's got and they're just cooling it it's spot um, opinion um it's answered you know it's, it's rising the of people have some made mistakes but pain and adult um you know cd is seen human them as let me first quote bring date on the most in bitter so talk about leader fights to clarify not only talk a gray swing and wires and population but i'm all talking incrementals in the state prison the most in that we wouldn't August, so 30th, California Correctional Center in Susanville, 400 prisoners were involved. Wow. And on August 29th, Four. in California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo, 50 prisoners. The day before August, in CMC San Luis Obispo, 40 prisoners. Those were all uh, integration between protective custody inmates and general population prisoners. Mm. So the 14th of August, in a correctional training facility in Soledad, there were 200-plus prisoners, and that was an incremental release riot. Mm. So both integrations are gladiator fights because the C CDCR administration knows 
that the violence is going to happen and they continue continuously keep on allowing it to happen. And I also want to state, you know, in regards to these riots and incidents that are occurring, injuries, our, our loved ones are not only obtaining injuries from other groups, you know, they're, they're mainly getting major injuries by the officers' so-called yeah. non-lethal weapons, that they're getting shot in the face with rubber bullets mm. and actually getting permanent damage like broken jaw, teeth, facial reconstruction surgery, you know, force mm. that shouldn't even be used in the first place. Yeah. You know, so, I oh, mean, a, a prisoner has already lost an eye also. I mm. mean, officers took an oath to serve and protect our loved ones and they're doing the exact opposite by allowing this violence to continue. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's incredible that um, this is not, you know, on the TV, on the news of every uh, major, um, you know, but then, you know, we've got to see that the news, um, you know, it's corporate news, mostly this mainstream news. So, you know, but it's just, it, it, it is a good example. It's a concrete example um, that um, this so-called news, these these major outlets, that they really don't have our interests um, in mind. Uh, if they did, they would be uh, blasting this story all over um, the networks. But um, you know they don't. So it's just it, it's incredible that this goes on today. You know because we read in history of all the you know horrible things that were done you know, uh, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, whatever. But um, today there's some horrible things still going on. You got human beings being used as human gladiators and, um, you know, getting permanently injured um, and their life's endangered. And, you know, and it's being done by the state of California and probably other states. So, you know, exactly. yeah, and just because it's legal... Um, doesn't mean it's okay and doesn't mean that um people should allow it to exist because we got to always remember you know um slavery was legal at one time that was legal but that didn't make it okay um another thing is in hitler's germany um you know putting people in ovens was legal that was legal that was perfectly legal it didn't mean it was okay and those who resisted um, that, you know, they ended up on the right side of history. And, you know, history books are talking very good about them right now. So just because something is legal, it it doesn't mean that um, that it's OK. So we got to remember that, that, you know, just because something's legal, it doesn't mean nothing. So right. we know um, and, and, and not only. Um, I wanted to talk not only of the physical effects, but the long-term psychological effects as well. That's mm -hmm. something that people are going to be dealing with um, forever until they, you know, pass on. Because, you know, they got something called PTSD that, you know, many people get from trauma. And if you're being sent in a 400-man um, gladiator fight... I don't know too many things that are more traumatic than that, you know. You know, 400 right. people in a gladiator fight and then there's gunshots and weapons possibly. I mean, 
I, I don't know what more traumatic um, episode that we can get to than that. That's, you know, and so, you know, and, and, and in the guard's eyes, it's just, you know, it's fun and games. But, you know, this is this is our community. These are our people. These are, these are our family, our, our loved ones and our relatives. So, you know, to us, it's deeply personal, you know, so we're not going to allow... Um, this to uh continue without resisting and and so that's what we're doing but let me just say um let me go on to the second question and let me ask you um the um cdcr recently issued a statement stating that they have stopped the gladiator fights or uh, forced integration is this true have they really stopped the gladiator no. fights no, they have not. So mm. that statement was in regards to the incremental releases uh, with the bulldog population. And that statement, they said actually they were going to place it on hold. So that even doesn't give me relief because them saying that it's been placed on hold, that means that at any point in time, they can just easily say, all right, we're going to start again. You know, so no, they have not stopped because gladiator fights, continue with the integration of the general population into the, you know, sensitive needs yard or previously known as protective custody yards. And not only the NDPF program, but now these other levels are creating different names for this same integration. Like in level three Solano, I, I think they want to do like an honor yard or mm. in Calipatria, they want to do an alternatives to violence program. It's the same thing. It's the integration between protective custody and general population mm. prisoners. So, you know, and even though they say the incremental releases, the gladiator fights have been placed on hold, even though they say that, the staff, they're still, they're still popping prisoners and, mm. you know, mistakenly putting them together. So, I mean, violence is still erupting. They're still doing this intentionally, knowing that the violence is going to continue. And, you know, in, in Selena's Valley, there's a yard called Staging Yard. It's a staging yard. So, it you know, they basically put them together and let's see what happens. And obviously, fights happen, violence uh, erupts, yeah. you know, but media doesn't catch that. You know, and CDCR is talking about their isolated incidents, and they're not. They know... Uh the violence is going to happen when these two groups get placed in the same yards and the same housing location. So, mm. no, they have not stopped, unfortunately. Mm. And, and I noticed that in the media, in the news, they, they announced it. It was in newspapers. It was on the evening news that, you know, that they were going to stop this. And then that's like a classic, um, you know, because once they announced that, People start spreading it and talking about it, and then they just keep doing it, and and the words already out that they stopped it, so it kind of slows down the momentum on supporters, and they do yes. this. Yeah, that's what the purpose of them doing that. It's a classic, um, you know, um, um, way of um, um, you know softening um, um, people's resistance. It's almost like pacifying people. Um, by doing it, a lot of people that were planning to support, that were coming out to support, you know, they start backing off because they're like, oh, well, it's taken care of now. They're not doing it no more. So right. you, you, we can't believe nothing they say. 
And even if they came out and passed a law that they couldn't, there is actually a law that you can't do that, and and it's called uh, cruel and unusual punishment. So when they're, um, you know, and and that's part of the U.S. Constitution, but um, they obviously don't care about that. And so that's another example. And, you know, it's horrible that our people have to go through stuff like this. But when they do, um, these are concrete examples to give back to the people to show them that um, that they um, really, the state really doesn't care about um, you know, their own laws that they make up, you know, it's almost like they cherry pick when and where to abide by their own laws. It's, 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 it's incredibly sick, sickening, but right. you know, the thing is, um, you know, so there are laws, they don't follow them. So it's just, you know, um, it's going to take public, um, support and it's going to take everybody's families, um, friends, supporters, and um, just like they released everybody from the shoe, um, they will definitely um, stop this at some point. It's it's just going to take some some more struggle. But let me get into the next question, uh, D. Um, so when the day comes that CDCR really does stop the gladiator fights, uh, there will be many who caught cases, who caught life terms, etc. What do you think should be done about that? What, what's your um, thoughts on that? So CDCR should rescind the disciplinary actions taken against every person involved, you know, every uh-huh. prisoner affected. As many of them, they were forced into these situations violently, you know. So all the 115s, all the write-ups, all the DA referrals for attempted murder, all the added times to their sentence, they should rescind all that, you know. But, I mean... There's one thing they, they can't rescind. I mean, they're, they're survival mode. They're in survival mode right now, you know. Mm, they yeah. can't take that attitude away until they stop this. But yeah. everything, all the violence that they're creating is causing our loved ones to get all these 115s, all these mm. DA referrals. So they need yeah. to rescind all those punishments. Absolutely. You know, there's so many prisoners right now in the hole. They need to send them back to... To their normal housing units yeah and and i would even add that um not only rescind the write-ups that they're getting um i would say that um these prisoners deserve some kind of reparation financial reparations exactly. uh for the pain that they've suffered and for the terror and the trauma that um cdc has caused them so i would say yeah you know scratch that record off take that off their thing and you got to uh break them off some money you know i mean yeah, you have to sure. you have to they suffered and they're not only them you know it might even open it up to the families outside of prison to get some kind of financial um you know reparations um because the families are going through it just as much as the people in there are you know the, the you know the fa- in some cases the families are even going through it, the wives and 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 the you know girlfriends, wives, um, partners or whatever are going through it in in more ways because um, at least when the prisoner is locked down, they have an idea. Okay, I'm not going to be off lockdown. I'm not going to come back out for another ten days. So at least within that ten days, you know they they know 
it's 10 days before it's it's you know it's 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 time to to go but for the families and the wives and stuff they don't understand that they're they're thinking every single day that they're going through it every day not just every 10 days so in some cases the um, families are going through it even worse you know so and then the children you know think about the children you know their parents are in there uh, being used as gladiators so how can the children what how would they feel you know and i think about it um you know i remember growing up that uh, my father was uh incarcerated as well so i know the feeling of having a parent in in prison and, and it's, it's a horrible it's a it's a um it's a feeling of um you know of not being safe of not being secure of not being sure about certain things and um so these children um whose parents are in there whose parents are being used as gladiators uh these children are going to grow up with this trauma and deal with it in many different ways and hopefully they deal with it is you know in a good way but um so i would say that besides uh rescinding the the you know the cases the new charges the write-ups I would say that there has to be some money involved as well because, um, you know, they, they're going to have to, you know, pay in order for these people to rebuild their lives because that's basically what they're going to, you know, they, 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 some of these uh, people getting out of prison, they're going to have to be in, in therapy the rest of their lives, you know. So because of the gladiator stuff that the state uh, CDC put them in so you can add up therapy sessions for the next 30 years and I think every prisoner um, is should be um, you know compensated a pretty a pretty penny so you know that's something that I think that uh, organizations and groups that work um, in the interests of prisoners should start talking about I think that they should look at that that okay that we not only want the charges dropped but you know we want some compensation as well for these men to be able to heal properly uh through therapy and then um help their families to um maybe their whole family needs therapy now you know and you could add that up so I think that all of that has to be taken into account and the longer that the CDC is doing this then the more money um, they should be paying um, in order to, um, you know, people get people to heal from this trauma. So, yeah, that's absolutely, yeah. especially those prisoners that have gotten permanent injuries from mm. this already. Wow, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and and I mean, look at people getting maimed. I mean, you can't put a price on you know getting shot with rubber bullets you can't put a price on right you know um you know getting um maced and then not even giving water um you know because they that's a that's a natural thing that they do in there is the guards will mace somebody and then just lock them in a cage and not even give them water um to wash their eyes out of the mate just so that's torture in itself so these men um you know are going through so many different hardships um with this gladiator stuff and and so it's important that um that all of that be addressed so i'm glad that you guys are discussing that and and you guys are you know um and any lawyers that do get involved i think that's another conversation that has to be had um, what are we going to do after? Because at some point, you know, I think the people are going to make 
CDCR stop, you know, at least on paper. But like right. you said, they, they accident, you know, like you brought up that, you know, supposedly they stopped. But we all know that they accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally um, open up doors um, on people, too. So they're going to continue with that. But, um, you know, I, I think that they need to be uh, hit financially in their pockets. And, and, and that will, um, you know, make them, um, you know, because that's all they really care about is 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 their um, is their pocketbook. So you got to hit them where it hurts. And that's a good place to hit them. So let me just um, let me go on to the next question. Um before we take a break so i wanted to ask you um and this is very important because you know i know there's you know i remember um interviewing um somebody who was very involved in this struggle as well and so i just want to hear from you though um you know who started this struggle um who was well i shouldn't say started but who in your opinion um, is one of the main organizers who helped this campaign uh, to end the gladiator fights and struggle against them, at least. Well, you know, back in May of last year, um, I got a call from a really good friend of mine, Ruthie. Her loved one was also incarcerated, and uh, she was the inmate family council chair at the prison he was housed at. Mm. Um, she was initially advised about the non-designated programming facility and was provided with some documents, you know, that stated frequently asked questions about the program. So she called me and she said, hey, you know, they're starting this program. And at first we, you know, we kind of laughed it off and we're like, that's never going to happen. There's no way mm -hmm. CDCR is going to be crazy enough to integrate yeah. protective custody prisoners yeah. and general population prisoners we just didn't think that they were actually going to do it because of the violence that you know we knew was going to happen yeah so after she called you know and, and we after a little while we knew that cdcr was serious about this and they actually started um you know with a, a calendar of what prisons were going to integrate and when so I created a document and we started passing it out at the prisons, you know, kind of like uh, contact your governor, contact your legislators, things like that. Mm -hmm. Then she created a Facebook page and an email address and it just blew up after that, mm -hmm. you know, and um, we rallied at the state capitol. We've spoken to legislators. Mm -hmm. We've actually spoken to um, Ralph Diaz, the secretary and his command staff on two occasions. We've protested at a bunch of state prisons we you know sent countless emails to the ombudsman mm. to the secretary Ralph Diaz under secretary Kathleen Allison director wow. of adult institutions Connie Gibson mm. we've advocated for our loved ones in IFC meetings we've blown up the officer of inspector general's office we've contacted the Department of Justice we've contacted the media you know, we've gotten families together. I mean, anything you can think Man. of, we've done. And, you know, we, we I mean, we're just going to keep pushing, yeah. you know. And we're actually thinking about going back to the Capitol because they're getting ready for next year's plan. Huh. So, you know, I mean, we, yeah. we're really pushing for a public safety hearing with the legislators. You know, we want uh -huh. the legislators to hear our stories and hear the violence that's really happening in California state prisons today, you know, and, you know, I mean, we as family members, we're here, we're here to give our loved ones a voice. When CDCR just 
attempts to silence theirs. You know, mm. we're here to fight, and oh. we're not going to stop. We're mm. going to continue. I love that. That's just so beautiful. Um you know, and, and, and that's the only way that things get accomplished if people do not stop fighting and struggling, you know, and, 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 and it just doesn't stop. It will never stop. So and that's the only way you ever get anything done, especially um, going up against, you know, an oppressor. And this is, you know, the state is an oppressor, you know, and so. This is, you know, serious. You know, people's lives are being lost. People's are being maimed. This is as serious as it gets. And and um and it's just beautiful to hear uh you um you know and, and so you were right there with Ruthie and you know and so you both I would say, you know, and 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 I would say looking at it uh from an outside perspective of somebody who's not um there with you all um, I would say that it sounds like, you know, that, that you both have, um, you know, um, led this this campaign um, um, to uh, abolish um, these gladiator fights. So, you know, I'm very, um, very glad that um, I've come to meet you. And, you know, and I think that um, what you all are doing is uh, more powerful than probably you guys even know because um it's just you know inspiring so many people um to see you guys um doing this without you know you guys ain't doing it for a non-profit for a this for that you guys are doing it because you guys are the loved ones of these prisoners so that is something very powerful when somebody does something um um totally without financial compensation they do it from their heart and that's when you win you know when when they had the vietnam war um you know the u.s um you know at the time you know the u.s the u.s soldiers were being paid they were being paid to go in um to fight that war and they were being paid monthly they get their little check and the difference was that the vietnamese um you know they didn't get paid for fighting that 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 war they didn't get paid they did it um because this is something they believed in and when anytime you have uh two opposing sides and one is doing something because they're being paid for it and the other is doing it because they're not getting paid it's just what they truly believe in their heart um the ones that um are doing it because of what they believe are going to be the ones that win in the end. So um, I, I I think it's it's wonderful. I'm glad I met you, and I, um, I I I enjoy seeing everything you guys are doing, and I look forward to um, continuing to support you all in every way that I can, and to um, have you all um, constantly on Free Aslan. And I love it, you know. I, I love having you, all of you. I, I, I love it. You know, it's, it's wonderful. You. Yeah, it's very inspiring. And it's just, it's beautiful. I know the people in prison are just like, it's just, they, they, are, they, they love it just like I love it. So it's just very inspiring to see this um, happen. So, but with that being said, um, we're going to take a short break, D, and we're going to hear some music right now. So we'll be back in, in a minute, and then we'll continue 
with our um, um, with our interview. But um, so we'll be back in a minute with you, D. Okay. Okay, and this is a, a I just want to uh, announce to the listeners that we're going to be listening to a song, and this is uh, Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye, and this is going out to Guayawi. This is KEXU 96.1 FM, and this is JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And um, and so, D, I want to welcome you back to Free Aslan. Thank you. And um, and before we went on break, we're talking about you know your contributions and you and uh, Ruthie. And I've had Ruthie on the show, and and you know she's the same. You know, you guys, you know, wonderful. I love it. But let me ask you this this next question. Um, you know, um, and this was, you know, I was really shocked to hear this, um, you know, but when we're talking about this 200-man gladiator fight at Soledad Prison, um, my question is, is it true that the day before the 200-man uh, gladiator fight at Soledad, is it true that Ralph Diaz 
visited the prison and and also can you explain who Ralph Diaz is to the listeners? Yes, so Ralph Diaz is CDCR's secretary. So he's the main person mm. in the California prison system. Um, he can easily stop incremental releases and stop the integration today. If he wanted to, he could say stop and that's it. Um, mm. He did speak to influential members the day before the 200 uh, prisoner riot at Correctional Training Facility in Soledad. He spoke to them. He knew and understood that there was going to be violence the next day, mm. but yet he refused to stop it. He's mainly, he was mainly more concerned about his image, mm. talking about he's the first Chicano, you know, CDCR secretary, how am I going to look? It was all about his wow. image. So he didn't, no human safety, you know, he didn't, he didn't even think about that. You know, I mean, him as administrator, if you know there's cameras ready, he's, he had hospitals on standby. He's had additional staff on standby. If you have all those things, how do you not know violence is going to erupt? Mm. You know, so it, yeah. CDCR is wow. claiming they don't know why this violence is occurring. They don't know. But when you have a clear indication, when you have all these things set up mm. for a fight, you know it's going to happen. Yeah. So they Absolutely. need to stop saying that they don't know that it's going to happen when they clearly know and understand that it, uh, it is. Absolutely. And I'll just say for the record, and this is just my opinion, but i just say that Ralph Diaz uh, is no Chicano. Ralph Diaz is a coconut. So I just want to say that for the record. That's my <laughs> personal opinion. But anyway, um, yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, absolutely. So they know they know what's going on. They know way in advance. They know what is going to occur. And they know this because every time they've let out certain people together, um, that there has been conflict. So they know very well. And, you know, Ralph Diaz or anybody else that's um, up there in the CDCR has been involved in the CDCR for long enough to know um, exactly how uh, their um, corporation, their business runs. So, you know, it, it's like saying a CEO at, at, at a certain corporation is not going to know, you know, how something is going on. I mean, they know the ins and outs from the top to the bottom. So, Ralph Diaz, it's just... It's, you know, but that is, and, and like I said earlier in the program, it's horrible that our people go through these different things, but at the end of the day, there's always a good lesson involved. And the good lesson with Ralph Diaz is it shows people, it shows our communities um, where he really stands and how he really feels about our people. Because eventually, Ralph Diaz may be running for governor. He may be running for who knows what else he's going to be running for. And so it's important that our community knows where Ralph Diaz stands and how he allowed this 200-man uh, gladiator fight to uh, move forward um, and just visited the day before and then just chalked it up as... Uh, it'll be okay. I think I think it's gonna be okay. When he knows, um, he knows through experience that there's no way it's gonna be okay. So that's it, it's horrible that um, people had to go through that. But the good thing, the silver lining, 
uh, in this lesson is that now everybody knows where Ralph Diaz stands and he does not, um, you know, value human life, in my right. opinion. How can you value human life and, you know, stage these gladiator fights? And so that just tells us um, what kind of a person um, this man is and in my opinion anybody who does that is just simply a monster I just can't even imagine being uh, in the same room with someone like that but anyway let me move on to the next question um, so what I want to ask you is um, you know and this is like you know some people listening to this show are probably you know some people may not have the answer or Everybody has their own answers, but I'm curious from you, from somebody who is organizing in the interests of justice, somebody who um, cares about humanity, even though people are in prison, you understand that these are still human beings and um, shouldn't be, um, their lives shouldn't be placed in, 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 this, in this danger like this. Um, and so my question to you, though is why do you think, uh, D, why do you think CDCR is forcing um, and, and, you know, um, sponsoring these gladiator fights? Why do you think they're doing that? I think it's a combination of retaliation and job security. So mm. in regards to retaliation, um, it's against the prisoner population that came out of the shoe after the Ashker case. You know, they... CDCR wants to tell the public that our loved ones that got released from the shoe are, quote, causing violence. So that's why they're telling the public, see, these guys need to go back. They need to go back to the mm. shoe. When in reality, when our loved ones got released from the shoe, the violence in those prisons dropped. Absolutely. You know, and unfortunately, some have already been sent back to the shoe because of the integration between these groups. Mm. You know, and in the shoe, there's no programming you know, yeah. which will ter in turn leave our loved ones with fewer programming opportunities and fewer chances to even come home. Yeah. You know, in regards to job security, all these laws and bills are passing to bring our loved ones home, mm -hmm. and CDCR is creating all this violence to give them more time to get rid of their parole dates, to take their parole dates, you know, and they're creating all this violence to keep them in longer because they don't want to lose our loved ones. That's money for them. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 and I would agree with that. I think that, you know, a lot of these guards, you know, um, you know, the shoes in the last few years, the shoes have um, emptied out. They began to empty out. And as a result, you know, the guards are not as needed. Um, you know, why do you need 50 guards if there's only, you know, 10 prisoners in the, in the, in the unit? So, you know, it's it's they they and a lot of these guards come from all over, and they move to wherever the prison's at, and then they buy homes, they start businesses, they put you know little Amy in school next to the prison. They do all they set up shop, they set up their whole um, their new life there. And the thing about it is, when the shoes start emptying out, um, then they're going to be relocated to another prison. And and so this was a perfect way for them to instigate violence, in my opinion, um, in order to f refill up the shoes 
in order to um, create conflict when, um, as you said, violence was dropping. Um, and so violence is dropping. They need to do something to pick the, you know, jumpstart the violence again. Like, um, you know, and so this is the way they did it. And, you know, and, and so um, what people are doing and, and particularly the families, what you guys are doing is countering that. So it, it's it's very important. And I would like to, man, I, I it would be beautiful to see, um, you know, the amount of support that came when um, the prisoners were, you know, when 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 we were on hunger strike, when we were trying to um, get the solitary confinement abolished, when we were trying to get kicked out of the shoe, when all of that was going on, there was a lot of support. There was support from everywhere, but it was mostly the families, just like now. It was a core group of families come together, and then the support started building around them. So I would like to see the same um concept the same effect happen in this situation um and i know it's starting to grow the support is coming but um i would like it to grow quicker of course and uh, and i believe it will be and it will um continue to grow and it will come uh, maybe not as fast as we want it to come but it, it's go it's it's coming so you know um you know, you guys, you know, you were, um, you all, you know, in within this group are, um, you know, you, you, you're almost like the, the first, um, you know, the, the, the first, um, the front line, you know, you, you're on the front line of this. So it's, it's very inspiring to see this. So I know at some point, um, the support networks that came to support the hunger strike, um, the hunger strikers, I know that that same network of support is going to come and support this as well. So, you know, little by little, it's it's building and um, we just wanted to hurry up as fast as possible. But let me um, let me get to the the next question. Um, so, you know, we heard about the 200 man gladiator fight in Soledad. Everybody was all over the news. But what can you tell us about? the susanville gladiator fight because um i i it was bigger than the soledad gladiator fight right right so the soledad gladiator fight was incremental release the susanville gladiator fight was the integration between gp prisoners and pc prisoners um the gr uh, what i heard is the riot began in the yard and it just spread to the housing location mm. And now, because of that huge riot, because of everybody that was involved, now there's countless prisoners in the hole facing write-ups, additional mm. time, or DA referrals. You know, some mm. are even facing attempted murder charges, mm. additionally. Um, you know, it, it's just a blatant disregard for human safety, you know, yeah. on CDCR's part, once again. Oh, once you know, again, it's, absolutely. It's, yeah. Once again, once again. And, you know... And, and it's incredible that, well, it's not incredible, it's, it's, it's actually, um, you know, it's actually revealing that, you know, they will give somebody a life sentence for, you know, um, stealing a bicycle, and yet they will put people's lives in, they, they will get people maimed, they will get people murdered, 
and they don't get one day in jail. You know, that's, um, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's really revealing because it just, it's like, it's like what bigger example do you need to see that they do not have our interests in mind? And, and so, you know, it's horrible. Our people go through stuff like this. But once again, concrete example like you know this isn't stuff that i'm making up that i'm you know fantasizing these are concrete examples look you know they don't care about us so what here's another one here's another one so it, it you know in that aspect that's the only good thing that comes of, of it is that we are able to educate the public um that they do not have our interest and cdcr they they put the r at the end uh, rehabilitation but when you are sending 400 men, um, you know, like some, you know, back in the um, Colosseum, the Roman Colosseum, you're sending 400 men to fight to the death. Um, that just doesn't sound like rehabilitation to me. And so, it, it, you know, and that's the only good thing that came out of this situation is uh, the educational aspect to the people's families, the prisoners' families, the prisoners' communities. You know, they come from our communities. You know, these are our communities. And so our, our community members, you know, they, they um, you know, they're in their pain for what, whatever, but they don't, nobody does it. Even dogs don't deserve this, you know, in the, in the kennels, in the, in the, right. in the shelters, you know. If, if we were to see people doing that to dogs, you know, they would be all over the new, every single news channel. They would have this person, man, they would have them in court. They would just, and yet when it's human beings, but just not any human beings, you know, and they, we got to keep it real. You know, these are mostly Chicano prisoners that this is occurring to. And um, once again, um, when it comes to Chicano prisoners, um, nobody gives a damn. And, and we saw this, and I'm not, again, I'm not just talking in fantasy what I'm We've seen this with the solitary confinement. That's torture. The Supreme Court said it's torture. So you were torturing, um, you know, thousands uh, of Chicano prisoners, and yet nobody said nothing about that. Like, how can you single out uh, a certain nationality and um, torture a nationality and not say nothing about it. I don't care if they're activists. If they didn't speak up about it, then they're just as bad as the oppressor. So that's how I that's how that's that's how I get down. If they didn't speak up about it, they're just as bad as the oppressor. And I didn't hear too many people speaking up about it. So that's how I get down. So the thing is, it's an educational experience that when our people are attacked. And um, we see who comes to, you know, to stand united with us. We see who does that and we see who doesn't. And so this is another concrete example, another educational experience that the Chicano Nation has in order to see who are our friends and who are our enemies. So that's that's the beautiful thing about it. But let me just um, let me leave you with one last question i have one last question um you know this is a beautiful struggle that you know you guys are keeping um the 
this drum of resistance beating you know you guys are beating this drum of resistance it's beautiful everybody's seen everybody loves it the prisons you know they they are very i know they are very um you know not only happy but they are very um proud of you all so let me just ask you this how can people get involved in this struggle to stop state-sponsored gladiator fights so we do have a couple um, emails that people can write down if they want. The first one is no n d p f s, and I'll repeat it: n o n d as in dog, p as in Paul, f s at gmail dot com. Or the second one is c t f soledad lockdown at gmail dot com. And, you know, um, they can contact us and both of those emails. Um, I also, you know, before we leave, I do want to give a great big shout out to Ruthie, who started this all, created a foundation for everyone. I mean, she deserves it. Without her, I I think this whole integration would have blown up already, you know, Mm. even more to to the extent as, as what it has been already. And, you know, also to Melissa Lopez, who's been down to protest everywhere. I mean, I just tell her the day before, let's go to Sacramento, and she's there. She's there with me in the car, Mm. in the plane, whatever it is. Beautiful. You know, and a little, you know, to all the family members that are not involved, don't wait until your loved one is hurt, because we see that a lot. You know, Uh when your loved one is hurt, it's too late. We don't want our loved ones to be hurt. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, rise up right now. Come Mm. join the fight. I know you're scared. We were scared. But you know what? Mm. Somebody's got to do it, right? I mean, somebody's got to step up and say, let's go. Let's do this. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Somebody's got to do it. and, And, you know... And you guys are doing it, and um, everybody has to get involved. This is, in my opinion, this is uh, the most important campaign within the prison system right now, besides death row. You know, this is something that all prisoners, families, uh, friends, community members should um, focus on this. And this is um, this is something that um, we all need to participate in and, and get involved in. And, and as I said before, uh, Free Aslan uh, fully supports because, you know, we're talking about this is the Chicano Nation that's being under attack. So we definitely support um, every aspect of this struggle and um, hopefully um, we'll be, you know, down there at least maybe in the central valley in the near future so we can all meet up and um and and maybe even do some live interviews as well that'll be beautiful but i just want to let you know you and ruthie and all the other families um and all of the um you know the the families and the wives and the um brothers and sisters and um and, and all the relatives um that you know we have to continue this this struggle and this is an attack on all of us and on all rasa and that we need to stand and confront this uh, oppressor you know and this is the same oppressor that's been doing this in various forms uh for hundreds of years so this is nothing new but it's beautiful to see um um different approaches to this um oppression as well and you guys are coming out with different ways that um 
that are different so i just want to thank you once again d and um i really um am inspired and i really am happy to have crossed your path so thank you for coming on to free aslan thank you and thank you for having me greatly appreciated absolutely and this is 96.1 fm uh this is free aslan and i am jv and i will talk to you next week thank you all for Aslan and we have uh, you know this is a, a guest that's been on here uh, many many times he's a repeat offender on free Aslan you know he comes through does his thing and then you know he's just hit and run so you know he we, we you know we love brother G7 he's here and you know he's like the artist in residence for free Aslan and you know he's he's here on the couch he's you know he lives right here you know no he doesn't but he's always here supporting and he has some very good music um that he writes you know in, in order to support different struggles going on so welcome to free aslam brother g7 thank you brother you know i'm here mm. here another uh, week and i'm just gonna keep uh speaking them facts to mm. the people so we can come together beautiful and stay united oh, united we stand divided we fall that's it that that's it that's all so let me let me ask you have you um you got some new music for us yeah i do i do i just have Good. a little bit of criteria too that i wanted to uh mm. speak on um okay you know this i got out of uh out of out of your book Mm. You know, this is we have the choice of voting for this oppressor or that oppressor, mm. the smiling oppressor or the frowning oppressor. Ah. But our circumstances never change. Mm. The possibility exists for Rasa to be bought off by American imperialism and to become a mm. reactionary force as a group, helping mm. to uphold U.S. imperialism, not just here in Aslan, but throughout the world on a mass scale. Mm. We must educate our people and provoke a class consciousness in order for us to be successful. Ah. Damn, and that's from the book Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan, right? 
Yes, sir. And you love that book. I mean, yeah, it's just a beautiful book. Those who who haven't seen the book um, need to, you know, you could get it online. They got it on on everything. Amazon.com got it. Barnes and Nobles got it. Uh, even Target.com got it. So you can find it online. You Google it. Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan. And that's a history book. It's a political manual, training manual, um, um, organizing tool, all of the above, all in one. You get everything in one, one-stop shop. So get that book, um, read it in study groups and whatever you got to do. So, but back to the back to the brother G7. So do you have some more um, music, brother? Yeah, I do, I do. Uh, okay. This, this is a... Uh these are just a couple of songs that I that I wrote and I'm, I'm ready to record okay. but I, uh, I haven't mastered and mixed them yet okay but emancipation or proclamation this is my declaration for an independent nation no KKK we're eliminating the racism trying to occupy our land with imperialism oh. colonizing our mind horizontal crime have us all doing time at the drop of a dime label us gangsters and thugs throwing up signs this was designed by the white men on the inside Majority of the population is minority Recruiting us into the military is their priority Have us killing each other As the war exceeds All my sisters and my brothers from another seat I got this 2020 vision You know I can see the rainforest You still stuck on the eucalyptus tree So the message here To promote unity There gotta be an end before there is a new beginning Oh, that was That was, oh, that was fire right there See, I, I love that's what I love about G7's music is that he mixes current day struggle, real, you know, uh, things going on, especially, um, you know, um, what's going on in, in Washington and, you know, and, and all that stuff, you know, and, you know, and he, he sprinkles it in his music. And so he's educating you while entertaining you. And I love that. That's why I love um, G7's music and, and you know. And he's still, um, and he's still writing. He he got a whole book right here. So, how can people get a hold of you? What if somebody wants to buy your music? I mean, do you have a, a email? SoundCloud, or SoundCloud. Uh, just find it all on SoundCloud right now. Spotify. Okay. It'll be on YouTube soon. But uh, mm. you know, we're we're shaking the Confederates right now, so I, I gotta be careful with how oh, I yeah. release this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it, SoundCloud, it. Yeah. Definitely, it is our right and our duty as a people of this nation to alter or abolish any government that doesn't secure our unalienable rights, including life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Mm. So basically, we need to come together, all of us, the mm. whole country, you know, and 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 put to a stop this oppressor. And I don't want to spend too much time on forty-five. You know, but uh, he is the main cause. Of, yeah. You know, he's the main cause of this. He's been nicknamed Code 45 for decades, man. <laughs> man, yeah. man. So, I mean, hey, he put together this plan, man, yeah. to, to take over the land. And, and that's the whole thing. They stopped migration coming up north so they can start migration going south. Mm. And so he's bringing all these racist states down south, mm. coming and taking over our line on this sacred land. Mm. They can't drill and, and build here. Yeah. You know, they're not supposed to. Yeah. So uh, that's the main thing is is getting forty five up out of there and yeah. and I agree with the whole Julian Castro thing. He, oh he, man, Who, he just oh, he just man. another Obama. He's gonna come Who, and try yeah. to give visas to the people in the to our people in the concentration camps, like uh. he's doing a big, you know, deal for the Chicano, yeah. you know, people. But yeah, really, he, he's just a puppet. Yeah, he's like he reminds me of Ralph Diaz, the coconut. 
That's yeah. exactly what he is. But, you know, Julian, he's going to fool a lot of people. He's going to bamboozle a lot of people. So, you know, people got to be very, you know, you got to be on it because they talk a good one. They get in office and, you know, they do the same thing that's been done for the last, you know, hun- couple hundred years. So it's it's not going to do nothing. It's not going to help us. It's not going to relieve our uh, situation or oppression. And, you know, it's still going to happen. We're still going to be you know, shot dead in the streets and put on death row and, you know, given life sentences for stealing a bike. You know, we're still going to go through all that stuff. So, you know, Julian isn't going to do nothing um, that any other president didn't do. He's going to do the same thing, you know, attack other countries, try to destabilize and overthrow Venezuela, you know, um, continue to support um the settler state of israel to what they're doing to palestine i mean any julian gets in there he ain't gonna do nothing different and so you know i heard i don't know it's a rumor that um the 50th anniversary of the chicano moratorium um is maybe held in washington and i said why in the hell is it gonna be held in washington dc if you know, the the original Chicano moratorium was in East L.A., so how in the hell are you going to move from East L.A., where it's been held for the last 50 years, and move it to Washington, D.C.? And the only thing that I can think of is that maybe, possibly, they might want to go there because Julian Castro is going to be there, and they can welcome him and ask him to speak. So... I don't, I don't think this would happen. I think that anybody um, involved in the Chicago Moratorium, I, I think that they just wouldn't stand for it. And, you know, I don't know who is trying to organize this, but I do know one thing, that if uh, Julian Castro is ever invited to speak at any Chicano Moratorium event, um, I'm going to um, find out who those organizers were and I'm going to publicly chastise them and um, give them a public criticism uh, from hell. So I, I don't think anybody um, would actually do that. But, you know, there's always uh, the Tio Tacos and the, you know, in, in, in different various sellouts who will uh, cater to the imperialists for whatever um, agenda that they may have. And, and, you know, but the Chicano Nation is not going to stand for, we're not going to allow something like the Chicano Moratorium to have someone like Julian Castro, an aspiring imperialist, to come and speak at one of our events. It's not going to happen. And if it does, then, you know, we have to um, give a public, criticism uh basically a public shellacking uh to those organizers you know <laughs> so anyway but back to the music brother so um what are you working on uh, uh you working so, yeah, on some i'm trying i'm dropping uh, two albums in one day um <laughs> both of them are going to be uh seven oh. songs a piece but uh i just have oh. some criteria i want to go over okay you know, we need to come together Handle it. as a people you know uh. and, and rise up uh, and throw a, a a nonviolent demonstration protesting and rising up against the U.S. government that 45 administration be immediately shut down and Colt 45 himself be impeached and arrested. Uh, that every officer involved in a murder be arrested and prosecuted. That mm. a whole new system of justice, liberty, equality, and freedom be constituted by the people of this country, inspired and influenced by the children of today and the young adults of tomorrow, our future. Mm. That all net worth and any assets, investments, be repossessed and garnished by the people, then donated solely 
to the children of this entire continent. Mm. And, and this is for after-school programs, housing, free unlimited education, clothing, food, and health care. Mm. So, yeah, th that's just... Yeah, that, that no, that was that was a good um, outline, and you know, and and you know, I love every time you come here, brother. You always bring that good music and good education to the listeners, and um, you know, people love it. And I know they're searching for your music. They gotta go on SoundCloud, and that's Brother G Seven, and and um, so, but we're running out of time here, brother. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to end it here, but um. Um, so, you know, we'll be seeing you next week, brother. You'll be on here, you know. For sure. You come sure. come Thank again. You. Hopefully you got some new a new song or something oh, yeah. and we can throw it on. No, I do. But, I um, do. We'll okay. be ready next week. For okay, sure. brother. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening this week on Free Aslan. And this is JV and G7. And we will see you next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time.